I express no opinions on outside issues, especially other people. Hence, my name ought never be drawn into public controversy. <laughs> That's pretty tricky. I, I express, it doesn't say I don't have them. It just says I express no opinions on outside issues, especially other people. The principle here is the same principle in step 10, which is mind my own business. Truthfully, I rarely express opinions on outside issues like politics and religions, others, other people's lives, and so rarely is my name drawn into public or private controversy. God knows I have opinions, which is uh, just another word for judgments. And when I say judge, what I mean is execute. Because when I judge something, I take it right to the end. I kill it in my head. It's dead. I can usually keep most of what's in my head from coming out my mouth. And most days, that's the best I can hope for, is that it doesn't come out of my mouth. Now, I'll have people I sponsor who go, oh, I was thinking this terrible thing. and I, Shouldn't I offer an amend? I said, did you say it? No. Nope then you don't owe any amend. That's a wonderful thing. Just keep it to yourself. Early on, I was impressed with how well this tradition works at our group level. Not only did we not talk about our professions, religions, outside publications, other 12-step programs, or politics in meetings, we didn't talk about others behind their backs outside of meetings. I've been blessed to be part of home groups where gossip has not been a major issue. And I recognize that that is not always the way. Um, I'm, and I feel very, very, very blessed to be in that kind of situation where we don't talk about each other. Now, on the other hand, if someone's not coming to meetings and I'm missing them, I need to speak up and say, where's so-and-so? Have you seen them? Has they been in meetings? Or I need to make a phone call and say, where are you? I'm missing you. Uh, we talk about each other. We talk about it. You know, the, we have that thing. Thanks to Blanche, we have that thing on the table that says, "Who you see here? Whom you see here? What you hear here? When you leave here, let it stay here." I want to argue with it. Whom you hear here? What they say here? Who said what here? Let it stay here. But if I can't take out what I heard in the meeting, it doesn't do me any good. I've got to be able to use what I hear at the meeting. It's just I don't have to go around telling people who said it. You know, one of the things we do because we're so self-deprecating, we think so little of ourselves, is that we have to attribute these things we've heard to somebody else. So-and-so said, my sponsor said, or I read in a book, or whatever it is, rather than adopting these things as our own truths and speaking them as such. Um, actually, outside of the meeting where I go to, we don't talk about those other things much if at all, like politics and religions and that kind of thing, because it it's divisive. And uh, the beauty of our group is that we're inclusive. We're, um, there, there was an issue in my Wednesday night group where we had some pretty strong political feelings going along for a while. And um, they would come up at the meeting and, you know, kind of like a joke, ha, 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 and on, we'd move. And, and finally, after a while, one of the gals I sponsored goes to that, came to me and she said, I, I don't know, it's really bad coming to you with this, but I'm uncomfortable with that. And what I did was encourage her to speak up. All you have to say is, when this conversation about politics happens, I feel uncomfortable because I don't agree with a lot of them. And it stopped. 
But she had to have the courage to speak up. And they had to have the willingness to listen to her. That's a healthy relationship. Um, the idea that what other people say is their opinion and not the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, and has to be def- argued to the death, that was a big aha for me. Knowing that how I feel and think about my own life is important enough to speak up about has been critical to my recovery. So I do voice my opinion, which hopefully is my feelings tempered by my thoughts or vice in appropriate places, like group conscience meetings, uh, relationships when I can keep the focus on me and not on it. Um, I think one of the places I learned to deal with anger was at group conscience. I didn't like that we didn't agree with each other. I didn't like that we had opinions. And I would get so uncomfortable. And people would say, gosh, that's, they just bicker, bicker, bicker all the time in there. Can't they agree on anything? And, you know, I got some space from that, and I realized, no, that's the way healthy people talk stuff through. People have opinions. They have feelings. They talk it through. Nobody has to die over it. It's just, and after the meeting, they go, hey, you want to go to lunch? You know? <laughs> like nothing happened. And the truth is, nothing happened. We just, issues came up that we felt so and that has, I, I covet group conscience meetings. I covet the opportunity to hear other people, particularly newer people, struggle in there to come up with their feelings on something. It's just as important as everybody else's, but it is critical that we um, I have the, an, an individual responsibility to act as I see right upon the issues of our time. This doesn't mean that I don't do... You know, that I'm not sending money to Haiti because I am, you know. I'm, I'm doing what I feel responsible to do, but I don't, I don't have to, that doesn't have to be your business. <laughs> um, one of the things they told me when I was new in here that I, I should not shame the alcoholic, but there were times when I needed to re- There would be plenty of times when I, we would get up the next morning and he was in a blackout the night before and he didn't remember what he did. And I would have to go report to him. Last night when you came home drunk, you put your hands around my neck and you tried to choke me. That's what happened last night. And she would say, report and leave the room. This is not up for discussion. This is not a, this is, we're not going to have any back and forth on this. He doesn't remember what happened standing there. Is only, he's only going to get defensive. So you just go on, but you report what happened. That's my job is to report. Now I've kept these grandchildren more on than off for the last 12 and uh, my daughter got divorced in the process, in the process, and I've watched the wear and tear on as we've gone through that stuff. Yeah. And I have found a couple of times mm-hmm. in there with each family where I've had to say to their parents, I just need to report to you. I'm not carrying tales. I'm not telling them what to do, but I need to report what I see. This is what's happening with your child. Story. <laughs> okay, so um, back when they were all four little and they were like one, two, Three and barely four. I'm sure she was not four, but around in there. And we're sitting around my little kitchen table, and we're having, you know, like a Norman Rockwell lunch, you know, with um, grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup, you know, I'm sure, something like that. And um, Tristan must have been about three. And he leaned back in his chair, and he goes, So, Meme, what the F is happening? And uh, Madison's eyes are like this big, you know, and I'm trying to, I'm going to make, I'm going to hear something else. That is not what I heard. I said, did you say what the heck is going on? He said, uh, no, um, what the F is happening? And I'm like, ooh. 
And I said, Tristan, that is a really, really, really bad word, and that word does not come into Mimi's house. And the light bulb goes on. He goes, oh, it's out. We, we keep that one out in the yard. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, no, you never, ever say that word. Never. And Madison goes, well, um, um, unless the other car is coming really, really fast and you have to. <laughs> And I had to report that incident to their parents, my children. And I had to tell them, if this comes up in your dinner table conversation, this is what happened. And they both immediately flashed me back, you know, a message that says, I have no idea where they heard that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I, let me tell you, this is a place that's really hard for me to do. But I practice this. And I practice it with... You know, what I'll do with someone in the program is I'll say to them, I'm, I want to practice doing this relationship healthier. And I, I want to know if I have your permission and your agreement that if even you don't even have to do what I'm doing, but will you be willing to listen to me and let me practice? And then I, I will go to them and I will say, these are my feelings and my perceptions. I'm not asking you to change. I just need to say them. I feel blank. It helps me own my feelings. It helps me speak up when I need to speak up. And it helps me realize, you know, it's like the, the uh, a lady say one time, she said her, her um, children were telling her what a horrible mom she'd been. She just ruined them, and they were always going to be horrible because mom and blah, blah, blah. And she said, you know, I recognize that all your problems may have my name on it, but all the solutions have your name on it. And this is one of those places where I know the solution has my name on it, not their um I've had to do this um, with my husband because he will. There, some things will happen and I'll get scared. And I've had to go to him and say, I'm really scared. I'm not asking you to change. I'm not asking you to do anything different. I just need to speak up and tell you. And it's amazing, the calm and the peace. Um, it's like when my daughter announced, you know, she was 18 and announced she was I thought it changed everything, and now I had to be responsible for her, and I'd have responsible for this baby she was bringing into the world. And my sponsor said, there are only so many bad feelings in every relationship. The bad feelings you're feeling are. And I recognized that the pain I felt one more time was the pain of holding on when it was time to let go, because the pain is always in the resistance. It's never in the release. And when I resist acknowledging my feelings, when I resist speaking up about them when I need to, and a lot of times i got to clear that stuff with my sponsor. Um, when I resist that, I get it, they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and I get smaller. It's been a very long time since somebody said, I heard what you said about me, and it really hurt. I am so grateful for that. Am I careful to keep confidences? If not, why not? Does gossip make me feel part of? There's a gal I sponsor and have for a long time whom I'm, I admire. She's a she's a a well-educated, bright, dark. and she has a problem with, uh, she's the only person I've ever sponsored who's been like this, but she has a problem with me mentioning anybody else's name that I sponsor. She feels like I'm breaking. I don't share what other people have shared with me, most of the time because I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but I and I recognize that this is not my issue. I think if this was a this, I recognize that it's her issue, but it's very she's very sensitive about it. And I I uh I'm very careful around her. Am I publicly critical of others? Privately critical. How does controversy affect me physically, emotionally, and spiritually? Ooh. 
mm, conflict. It's a difference of opinions. One time my daughter said to me, when, when you have to confront something, you confront the issue. You don't confront the person. You both want the same thing. You want resolution of the issue. So confront the issue, not the person. And that has made a huge difference for me because I don't get so defensive. We're talking about this issue. It's separating the personality from the principle. We're going to deal with the principle of what's going on. Do I express myself, my thoughts and feelings on inside issues? When? Do I recognize the difference between an When I express myself, can I keep the focus on my own experience, strength, and hope, and not on the perception of others' thoughts, actions, and motives? This is mine, you know, back to the mind reading again. I think I know what you're thinking. And, and I'm thinking that I know what you're thinking of me or about this, and I base my, you know, base what we're doing on that. Can I allow others to disagree with my ideas without feeling rejected? And do I often allow my decisions to be swayed by others' beliefs? Do I call it to anyone's attention when others are not living the way I think they should? And you never do that, do you? No, we wouldn't dream of it. You notice how often that comes up? That's almost every tradition. <laughs> it's just worded a little different because that's, you know, it's like, it's like when we read the opening, we say we're not, per or the closing, we're not perfect. You know, we say that at every meeting. AAs read chapter 5 at every meeting. Now, who are we trying to convince here? <laughs> oh, that's right, I'm not perfect. Well, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, that's one of those ones I'd argue with because I believe I'm perfectly exactly what I need to be today. Tradition 11, I best demonstrate my purpose by actions rather than promotion, by walking rather than talking. Anonymity, I show my beliefs and principles by walking the walk and not just talking the talk. The tradition assumes I have beliefs, principles, and that I act from them. The only reason I do is a result of working the steps, because I didn't have any when I got here. You know, what happened to me when I would have told you I was here because of his unacceptable behavior, and the truth was I was in Al-Anon because of my own unacceptable behavior. I turned into somebody I didn't like, somebody I didn't trust, somebody I didn't know. Every principle I had, I, I um, compromised. But it's a lot different today. On um, My belief system is not a static thing because I continue trudging the road of which is, you know, I want God to get where God's going to be and stay there, and that doesn't happen either. And yet, the longer I'm here, the less I know about God, and the, the more okay that is with me. My sponsor said one time, I said, well, I just can't figure that out. She said, honey, God is a mystery, and if you can't figure it out, it means God's at work. I'm getting, remembering new ahas daily, letting go of old ideas and adopting new ones, taking what I like and leaving the rest. Sometimes new ideas conflict with old ideas. And the process of transformation can be ugly, but I don't grow in my ships are safe in harbors. That's not what uh, I've done this the last few times I've worked the steps. I've done this a couple of times with other issues. God, help me set aside everything I think I know about whatever, about the steps, if that's what I'm going to do is work the steps. Because you know what gets in my way are my old ideas. What gets me in trouble, more trouble than anything else, is what I'm sure of. That's what gets me in trouble. It's what I don't know and am willing to explore that helps me grow, help me set aside everything I think I know about the steps. 
for uh, a new understanding. And if I set aside everything I think I the world becomes new again. And, uh, and, it beca- and, and, and I've found out amazing things when I take, take out what I, think I don't, what I think I know. Now, that is a big-time risk. But I'm, you know what? I'm tr- I'll, t- I'll tell you, you can trust that. If I don't risk, if I don't step off that cliff, if I wait to act to live my life until I know the real truth, the final answers, I'll miss it all. Life is what happens to us when we're making up. So while some of my truths are immutable, life is good. Einstein said it always. It all came down to one question. Do you believe the universe? And I believe it is a friendly universe. You, you have convinced me of that. God loves me and you all. That's an immutable truth for me. I believe this came to pass. I believe there are no Others of my ideas are in constant flux, and that's good. But the unfolding can be two steps forward and three steps back, and sometimes my life isn't very attractive to me. Sometimes I'll say more. Can you believe that? I would say more. Yes. More about something that is prudent for your approval or your attention, and then I beat myself up. because Then I get to share with someone how I'm feeling and what I did and didn't do and how less, how less than it should be. Old idea. My life looks. So in doing so, the power is removed from the problem and I'm free to demonstrate the solution. Usually by changing my behavior, hoping my feelings will catch up. You know, I want to feel differently and then I'll do differently. But that's not the way it works. I got to do different. And amazingly, I'll act, I'll feel different after that. It is uncomfortable for me to be in relationships with people who continually look for validation by telling me how wonderful they are, how perfect their life is, or how miserable they are and how much their life sucks. Both have the same goal, pay attention to me. Those people are probably sharing their beliefs, but it's not very attractive. Neither of those views can be real. Wonderful AA guy who came the other day and somebody said, boy, what do you do? What words do you use at step two so you can move? You know, now you need a new... You need a, a, a new God. You need a new understanding. You need to move on. So what do you say to yourself at step two so you can move on? He says, I say I'm an asshole and my life sucks. Yeah, I, I kind of go there. Um, I'm attracted to people who tell the truth about themselves even when it's not pretty. Do I have my own belief system? Can I describe it? Am I true to Am I ever embarrassed or humiliated by my friends or family members' actions? <laughs> Am I expecting them to live by my beliefs? Am I guilty of promotion of myself, my ideas, rather than attraction? Do I keep promises I can't keep? Now, the place I do that more often than not is with myself. I'll make myself a promise, and then it has the same outcome. How do I feel when someone criticizes the way I'm trying to? I have a daughter who's nearly 20 years sober. I have a son who thinks it's a cult. And he thinks I see under alcoholics under every rock. And I do. <laughs> and I had pretty much given up the idea that, you know, he just would kind of roll his eyes. And, you know, I've been in the program since he was uh, 10 years old. And I had given up the idea he was ever going to get any kind of peace with us. And I was telling my story at a local anniversary one day, and they, and they didn't have a, a clock. So I had, my, I had my phone, and I was using my phone clock. 
Now, this, this phone had a um, voice thing where you could say somebody's name and it would, it would call them. But I could never figure out how to work. I didn't know how to do it, so I never set the stupid thing up. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that isn't what happened. And besides, I don't usually say my children's names when I'm sharing. I usually just let them be my children. And at one point, I picked up the phone, and I looked at it, and I put it down, and I finished. I had, like, another 25 minutes to go, and um, I picked up my phone to walk off the podium, and I looked down, and it said I'd been talking to my son for 35 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, disconnect, 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 disconnect. Oh! And um, he immediately called me right back. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to tie up your phone or anything. I'm so sorry. That was a total accident. I have no idea how that happened. And he said, Mom. I just called to tell you I love you. Now, what he heard the last 30 minutes was my daughter's alcoholism and how, it, and how I perceived it affected him, what it did. He used to tell me I should have done drugs and alcohol. And I said, I hope you don't have a stick. And that's what he heard. Now, I did not plan that, and things have been different since then. He doesn't criticize. As a matter of fact, he lets me take it and lets them go to um, workshops every afternoon for whose families have been affected by I think he recognizes they belong. Uh, do I share my experience, strength, and hope when requested, but only when? Can I express, this is, the basis of that is, can I express my experience, strength, and hope without judgment? And I have to be able to do that before I do this with any kind of uh, ease. <laughs> I've developed a level of skill with, huh. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you got to say, huh. Wow. Yeah. And I'll say, I never thought of that. Just move right on, you know, move right on. Serving next, serving 72. That's the way I feel, serving 72. Okay. Tradition 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all my traditions, ever reminding me to place principles above personalities. This is the expression of humility. We have the sense of that at step seven and at tradition seven. We get the we get the spirit of humility, but this is where it's expressed. Humility is described as the who and what of. The traditions help me practice the principles, the what of me, through my personality, the who of me. Personalities, people come and go, and that's good news and bad news. The miracle is that by practicing the traditions in all my affairs, the principles that I learn, and you know, people say, well, tell me what the principles are. I'll write those down. Well, it's like I wanted you to define sanity for me so I'd know whether or not I was sane. I wanted you to describe meditation to me so I'd know how to do it. And that's not what this program is about. You have to find your own definition. Sanity has changed for me through the years. Sanity, when I got here, was waking up, waiting up until 2.30 in the morning with the second or third dinner of the evening cooked because the first two had burned up or dried out, waiting for a guy to walk in the back door who might not remember that the first no. But that was sanity to me. I had a different idea of sanity today. The principles at each step are really your principles you have to find as you go through the steps. People can tell you what they found, but you have to. These principles continue to be building blocks of my new life. Oh, I love this. As an intelligent agent, a spearhead of God's ever-advancing creation. Now, that's right out of, that's right out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's in... We agnostics. And, I, and it's one of the lines that when I read that, I went, I'm an intelligent agent. <laughs> of course I am. And I'm a spearhead of God's ever-advancing creation. I take God with me where I go. And God can't go to the places I go if I don't take him. 
ever-advancing creation. Anonymity allows me to be real, to be me, and not be limited by my story, my identifications. It allows me to know not only that if it's good for me, it'll be good for you, but also if it's good for you, it'll be good for me. It has allowed me to have a different childhood, a past that changes according to my perception. Do you know that's just magic? There's another AA speaker these days who's talking, and he says, you know, if you listen to my tapes back in the mid-'70s when I was telling my story for the first time, and you listen to my stories today, you'll find out I had a much better childhood today than I did back then. (laughs) We are allowed in this program to restructure our past just because our perception has changed. My sponsor used to say, when I called her about when Melissa told me she was pregnant and Oh, it was so horrible, and I said horrible things to her for about a person, and finally locked up my house, kicked her out, dressed butte, and I went right to her bed, to my sponsor's bed. I went right there. And she said, Ellen, rewrite that story in your head. She said, will you write it with a better ending, with another ending that you'd be happy with? And I rewrote it, and she said, you know what? You can't change your mind. Your mind knows what happens. But you can change your body. And what, what injures us in this is our stress to the resending, resend information. And what happens when I do that is it gives me a choice about how that really went. It gives me another way to look at that stuff. You know, I look at my parents today and I recognize I could not have been loved any more than I was loved by those two. Now, was it enough for me? No. Is that about them? No. No, that's not. It's about my receiver, you know. It's about my receiver. So... Um, anonymity allows me to stick to the principle of me and not get caught in my faith. You know how we get, we get to, we're the victims. It's when people will come to me and they'll say, I'm a cancer survivor. And I, and I say to them, I want so much more for you <laughs> than just to be a cancer survivor. You know, How about you be a liver? <laughs> how about you go for that? Um, but I, you, people get stuck in that. That's who I am. That's who I'll always be. If I don't have to make that the principle, principle of me. If I can let those things just be things and move on, I got a chance at a whole new life beginning to end. The who of me grows by being fully present, practicing the principles, the what of me, in every relationship with God, with others, and myself, by being honest, open, loving, and willing to learn from everyone. The promise is that we all progress toward our best selves when I live this way, and the family, work, Friendship, love situations are bound to improve. We have such wonderful promises in our opening and our closing. Bound to improve. This tradition reminds me to recognize these principles, God, at work in people, rather than focusing on how what they do or say affects me. And to focus on the what of me, being grateful my personality, the who of me, is perfect just the way it is today. My journey, yeah, my journey, I don't know about you, but what holds me back more than anything in this program is, yeah, but. Yeah, but. I hear what you're saying. I know, I know, I know, but you don't know how bad it is over here. Yeah, but. I know that sounds like a better way, but you, you don't have my life. You don't. I would rather be miserable. And that's what that is. I, I'll, I'll be willing to be miserable if I can just be right. My journey in this, in this program has been from yeah, but to thank you. For everything exactly as it is. Not a thing. Lynn Hodges used to say that acceptance was glad willing. It was very different from tolerance, which is when I put up with stuff, I don't like it. 
And it's hard to get to glad willingness with some things in our lives. It's a hard place. We've had some really tough things happen to us. And I can't get there with everything, but I'm willing to. That's what I'm aiming for. (sighs) Do I confuse the message with the messenger? Do I treat others one way in public and another way in private? Can I do, and do I do, thoughtful things for others anonymously? You know that thing in the Just for Today that says, I love people who come to meetings and say, oh, i got to tell you the thing I did. (laughs) I'm sorry, you can't tell us. Or it won't count. You'll have to go do something else. Um, I, a gal, I, um, a friend of mine was told by her sponsor a while back, she said, I want you to do something every day for 30 days. I mean, she was so caught up in how bad it was and how bad it had always been and how bad it was going to be. Her sponsor said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do something every day for somebody. Boy, did it change her attitude. <sighs> can I do, can I and do I do good things for myself without having to mention them and I practice selflessness when I hear this is a selfish program. What has helped me most in placing principles above personal? What has helped me the most is recognizing that the God of my understanding is a principle, not a personality. Try really hard to give God a personality. Try to make him human, but, but uh, that doesn't work for me because humans have, there's too many, too many ifs. I need a, I need a for sure God. Do I trust that when I follow spiritual principles, the solution will be the greatest? It seems like such a simple question, but boy, does that stir up some stuff. If I don't, then I need to go back to tradition one. You've done a good thing. You have some more work to do before you're done. We'll get some raffle things. But I want to tell you, we've, we have uh, developed a relationship today. And it, it isn't always as good with a room full of people, especially a room full of people who've been sitting here since 9 o'clock in the morning. We've participated with each other for our because I needed to do this. And it's so much better to do it with you, so much more helpful than it is for me to do it by myself. And I know God's been at work. I've heard a couple of you say it. And that's all that matters is it's been a couple of us. Some years back back in the day, um, I used to go around. A lot of us did. We went around every month to a different club taking the steps. And you'd go there like every Wednesday night or every Tuesday night or whatever their step meeting was, and you'd share your experience, strength, and hope with the steps for four Wednesdays or four Thursdays. And and I was doing it pretty often, and I was working hard at it, and I really was enjoying it. I thought I was doing a pretty good job. And I went to talk to this group that was way far away. It was like a 45-minute ride out there in the dark and the boonies, and I don't know where I am, and I get out there. And by the time I left that meeting, I was sweating. I was working so hard to engage those people, and I couldn't do it. And the next day, my good friend in the program called, and I let the club remain anonymous, but I said, I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I just, I think I'm okay at this. Maybe I'm really not. And I said, you know, I told her what happened, and she said, let me guess. You were at blah, blah. And she told me the name of the group. I went, yeah, how did you know? She said, I was there last month. They're painted on the chairs. <laughs> And that was when I realized that I can't do both parts of our relationship, you know. But we do have a relationship. And the energy that you offer up makes all the difference in the world. And I want to thank you for that. Um, if it hasn't been helpful, take what you like and store the rest. It might come in helpful later on. Um, all right. You guys are going to work.
Let's see, when, did, when do you want to do raffle stuff? All right, so you've got till 3.15. I was going to make a rule, but I'm not going to.